bi- uh, a biographical film is made about you and the title can only be four words long. What is it? Uh, hot, stressed, heart problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always. A oh, boy, let me she rest in peace. Hey everyone, welcome to Two Takes on Film. My name is Guy Pierce. I'm joined by my co-host Heather Davenport. Hello. Welcome everyone. We have two fun family films for you hmm. today. I was trying to fit another F in there, but it's not Friday or anything. It is Friday. It is oh Friday. my gosh. It's Friday the 13th and it's our 13th episode of the second season. Okay, <laughs> it's it's Fun Family Friday, folks. Oh, you. oh my <laughs> <laughs> How do I just jump back in from that? <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. I'm sure you'll figure it away. <laughs> anyway, guys, we do have some movies for you this week that are good times i do think they are fun for the whole family yeah um in the form of jungle cruise and free guy uh and in theme with those two movies we're gonna ask each other a couple questions based off those so first jungle cruise as we know this is a ride from disneyland Mm -hmm. like movies in the past such as pirates of the caribbean Uh it is based off the ride the ride is not based off an ip or anything like that it is based off the already existing ride if you've never been to disneyland uh pirates of the caribbean was essentially just you get in a boat it's like a river track the whole way there's like a few moments where you kind of drop downhill but it's just like maybe 10 15 feet a little drop Mm -hmm. you get missed with some water there's no big splashes really you're just kind of floating along and as you go about the ride you're in this big place that's you know kind of fitted to look like the seas like you're out in the seas and there's pirates there and they're singing and there's cannons going off and whatnot it's just pirates a theme- doing piratey things yeah it's a classic theme park ride mm-hmm. and so disney in 2001 or whatever it was took korvabinski and made a whole movie based off that johnny depp jack sparrow you know, Will Turner, like all those characters were not characters mm-hmm. of the ride. The ride was simply just like, you know, float around and look at pirates, just mm-hmm. a pirate theme ride, you know, whatever. And they created a whole IP up that is now like known by everyone. Yeah. That's easily the most successful of Disney's ride turn movie themes. Yeah. So much so that those characters have now been added to that ride. So when mm-hmm. you see them, you see, you know, Jack Sparrow and all that. Um, so this is another attempt. The Jungle Cruise ride was somewhat sim- similar. You're in a boat with a skipper who's like your little captain guy mm-hmm. um, who is a young Disney worker who is full of puns. And you go about the river and you encounter all sorts of uh, adventures, adventures, some wild animals, some 
dangerous other, some activity. Dangerous activities, yes. And meanwhile, um, your skipper keeps you laughing and you know, jumping out of your seat as these things pop out at you. And mm-hmm. it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. So they've gone and made a movie based on that ride. But before before we talk about the movie, I just want to ask Heather because Heather has lived in Southern California her whole life. Mm-hmm. She has been to Disneyland both by location where she grew up and by occupation later on in life mm-hmm. many many times many uh, i've had the chance to go to disneyland quite a few times as well but arguably you've been there probably five times more than me mm-hmm. you know a lot of times so mm-hmm. what is your favorite disneyland memory mm-hmm. well i didn't really become like a true disneyland fan probably until i was in college when i was younger um, like Wyatt said, I'm from Southern California. I grew up in San Diego. So we did go a couple times when I was younger. However, I have, I don't know if I still have this fear, I guess a little bit, I don't like heights. Um, and that translated to me not liking roller coasters and rides. Um, so as a child, I was probably like, maybe six or seven, we went to, well, maybe I was older than that. I don't know. It's a a dark time in my memory, but we went to Disneyland as a family and my mom and my older sister love roller coasters. My dad does not, he hates them. So, um, we were going about the day and we got to splash mountain and my mom said, come on this ride, just try it out. You're going to love it. You're going to have so much fun. And if you don't like it, I won't make you go on another ride, like the rest of the day. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just give it a try. So I went on splash mountain with my mom and my sister and I was terrified and traumatized. I cried the whole time. And at the end of it, I said, you are never making me go on another ride ever again. Um, and, and she didn't, she felt so bad. My mom felt so bad that she had made me go on that, um, that, uh, yeah, she didn't push me to go on any more rides. So, uh, that's not like the most fun memory. Um, but I have recovered in my adult life to go on, on Splash Mountain. Yeah. I want to, I want to interrupt because my story is literally basically the same. And oh my gosh. Mine also has a redemption later on. So you okay. shared your horror, your trauma, yeah. your, your trauma. I'll yeah. share my trauma okay. and then we can share our redemption from it. Okay. Please. So I went to Disneyland for the first time when I was about Five. I I just I have a summer birthday, so I just turned five. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, being a very adventurous person, mm-hmm. um, just didn't think through the roller coasters are scary to kids, you know. Yeah. And so we got there. We were crazy excited. Gone to Disneyland. Very first ride we hit was, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the driving one. Oh, um, mm-hmm. uh, Autopia. Autopia. Yeah. So super cute, perfect little kids ride. I love the smell of that ride. We got our, like all the tire. Like, I feel like it smells like, <laughs> like burning rubber. Oh, like the gas. Like yeah. Exhaust. Cause you are like, you're driving, you know, and you just have like this like little, little metal track, like yeah, yeah. little go-karts. Yeah. Um, I have a picture of it, me with my like big, you know, 2001 sunglasses on and um striped like polo short and shirt and jean shorts and uh my mom's like in the driver's seat or whatever but like we got you know you get your little driver's license with your photo on and like it's all fun perfect kids ride perfect start to our disneyland right we have like they've like really gone all out like none of us has been to disneyland you know my oldest sister is uh like 13 at this point or whatever like 
this is all of our first time at Disneyland mm-hmm. as a family. So we're, we're there for like five, six days, right? It's not just like one day oh, at Disneyland. Wow. So they're really planning like the whole trip kind of thing. Wow. Um, I don't know if it was quite that long, but it was more than just like, we have one day to get all done. Yeah. Like, they were like, yeah. we're going to really get the whole Disneyland experience. Um, so perfect start. And then immediately after, like across the street, I guess you could call it, is Space Mountain. Yeah. And Space Mountain, if you've ever been on it, is a very fast roller coaster. So fast. It's not that tall. It's inside a building the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't see much. They have different themes. Like in Halloween, they'll do mm-hmm. like a ghost theme or whatever. But there's like some lights on the wall, but that almost makes it scarier because mm-hmm. they're like strobe and flashing. Mm-hmm. The point is to be very disorienting. And there's just a ton of turns that amp up the speed. And like, you know, when you're going 20 miles per hour, straight or on a turn the turn just feels so much like more weight to it yeah. immediately took us on that absolutely terrified me we we're like stephanie and i were screaming just bawling our eyes out the whole time and i barely went on another ride Aww. like the, the rest of the trip and neither yeah. did stephanie we were traumatized macy was young enough that she left her off because macy was like two totally but i don't mean i don't even think you can bring yeah like that i'm honestly surprised that you can bring a four or like a barely five-year-old on it yeah but lauren was old enough but stephanie and i the middle two children were were absolutely terrified and that persisted for years and years and years mm-hmm. i did not go in, i remember towards the end of that trip we spent a day in california screaming and there's a ride called jumping jellyfish oh have you been on jumping jellyfish I have not no but you've seen it yeah it's i have just a little ride it's like I don't know even how to describe it. It just kind of bounces you up and down. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple. But I remember they said I like screamed and cried the whole Aww. time, but then I'd get off and be like, okay, that was actually kind of fun. I yeah. go back <laughs> but then I'd scream and cry the whole time. Yeah. But that was the only trip. Like I cried on Dumbo, you know, just the spinning yeah. little up and down, up and down at your own control. Dumbo. Totally. And I still totally. was just like crying. Not having um, it. So not having it. Ooh, my microphone just kind of fell. I kicked the cord. Can you hear me? Okay. Oops. Um, but that set in motion, I guess, ultimately, you know, throughout the grand scheme of my life, it wasn't that many years, mm-hmm. but for the longest time, it was like, I am forever afraid of roller coasters. I'll mm-hmm. never enjoy them. And it's space mountains fault. Yeah. But you can go ahead and share your, your, yeah. Cause we're, we both love roller coasters now. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 So I, I do enjoy them. I can do anything at Disneyland or California adventure. I'm not at the point in my life of handling anything at like a six flags necessarily, oh. but I also have only ever oh, been so to you six are flags. Like still a coward. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have only been to six flags once and I was chaperoning a junior high trip. So I used the excuse of just right. hanging You're out just with the, the middle schoolers the who didn't yeah. want to go on rides. Yeah. Um, but my they redemption my story Totally. Uh, my redemption story happened not at Disneyland, but at SeaWorld, another Southern California favorite, which may be controversial. I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm putting it out there. It was part of my childhood and my Heather youth. hates the ocean. <laughs> we had passes. It was a, a happening spot for us, especially in high school. But in eighth grade, I had a major crush on this guy named Brett. Hey, Brett, you're never going to hear this, but. Simu. Or wait, what? what was his name? What was the Shamu? Shamu. <laughs> had a major major crush on Shamu. What did I say? Sibu. <laughs> uh, Which feels more appropriate, but 
Uh, I had a major crush on well, Brett. Shamu is kind of appropriate because it sounds like Scamu, which is what SeaWorld is. It's a giant Scamu. Okay, we, we don't need to get into the SeaWorld controversy. Um, I had a major crush on Brett. We went to SeaWorld together with like my family or whatever. And um, they have a roller coaster there. Journey to Atlantis is the name. And I had never been willing to go on it before, but he was there and he said, Heather, we've got to go on it. And I'm not going to look like a wimp in front of Brett, my eighth grade crush. So I said, okay. And I went on with him and I really enjoyed it probably mostly because he was there, but, um, that helped me kind of get over my fear of roller coasters. So again, it wasn't until, I was probably in high school that I went back to Disneyland. Um, but then I was able to go on the rides and do whatever. So now I love Disneyland. Thunder Mountain will always be my favorite, I think, but I love Space Mountain, especially late at night because I feel like they make it go even faster. Um, (laughs) and Jungle Cruise is genuinely one of my favorite rides, depending on who the skipper is. If you get a good skipper who's like fully committed and if you're with people who are willing, which I can talk more about, <laughs> about this in the review, but um if you're with people who are willing to just accept how goofy and like lame it is at times, if you just really capitalize on that, it makes it even better. So yeah. those are those are some of some of my redemption journey. I have been to SeaWorld and I think that my favorite ride is Tower of We Torture Animals. <laughs> I think that one was really, really fun. Why at SeaWorld <laughs> Rest SeaWorld San Diego? Okay, anyway, moving so on to my redemption animals. arc, which is not at an enslavement camp for orcas. <laughs> but instead takes place in a little theme park, actually a, a normal size theme park called Great America in San Jose, California. That's where my mother grew up in San Jose, California. And so I still have family down there, um, particularly like one aunt that uh, is super nice. We'd go spend time with her, like just us siblings. She's also very, very wealthy. So she would take us all to like Great America for the day like it was nothing, Um, which was great. Um, But not great when you don't love roller coasters and particularly uh, theme parks outside of like Disneyland or SeaWorld mm-hmm. are more roller coaster themed. Like Six mm-hmm, Flags mm-hmm. is like all roller coasters and then yeah. a few themed rides rather than Disneyland, where it's like a few like real roller yes. coasters and yes. then mostly theme rides. Yeah. So Disneyland, I could go back to Disneyland. I did when we were like, when I was like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And it was fine because I just didn't ride the big stuff that mm-hmm. I was scared of. But like, there's plenty you of can just still like, do so much. Yeah. yeah, you know, parts of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise, like we talked about, those aren't like thrill yeah. rides necessarily. Yeah. So it's all good. Um, but these types of parks, it's like 80 per- people go there for the roller coasters. Yeah. So when you go there, it's kind of hard to just, if you're not going on roller coasters, you're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like 12, I think 11 or 12. And we went, and it was just my two, Macy was still like not young enough to go on a trip to Aunt Donna's by herself yet. Mm-hmm. So it was just like myself, uh, Stephanie and Lauren, my cousin, my cousin, Sean, who's about my age, uh, and then my Aunt Donna. And they took us in the very first, have you been to Great America? No, I haven't. 
um, I mean, I haven't been in, in many, many years, but the very first one we go to is the one called Top Gun. Um, that's just like your classic hanging roller coaster, but it's crazy fast. The whole ride is only like 90 seconds long kind of thing. Cause it's like, you know, super, super quick. Uh, and I was just too embarrassed. The girls knew the girls knew that I was afraid and they looked at me and said, it's okay. It's you know, blah, 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 blah. But I was too embarrassed to say that I was too scared. So I just did it and I loved it. Oh, and the rest is history. I love that. It still took some warming up, you know, like yeah. it yeah. was like, it was like the jumping jellyfish. I was yeah. petrified the whole ride. Yeah. Then I got off and thought, Oh, like, I think I, I actually enjoyed, enjoyed that. that. Yeah but I need to go back. And it wasn't until probably the end of that day that I actually was on the rides, not about to pee my pants, yeah. but actually enjoying it in the moment for the first, like, you know, five hours or whatever it was. Every time I was like about to pass out, I was so scared, but then I'd get off and think, okay, I think I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, and ever since, like, I absolutely love roller coasters. I love magic mountain places like that. I think it's why I don't care for Disneyland and stuff like mm. that is because I just so much enjoy roller coasters more that I'd rather that like I'd rather yeah. spend a day um when I was in it the the one thing that beyond that still took me a while to warm up to like I I I, I warmed up to roller coasters but drop towers still took me a while mm. I couldn't do drop towers for another couple of years mm -hmm. um and then even once I started doing them it was kind of like those were I mean I really had to hype myself up to like get on one because it just like that's just pure scare, yeah, like dropping yeah. down. Now I really enjoy them. They're still like my least favorite just because I enjoy the roller coaster aspect more, mm -hmm. like the movement and stuff more. Um, but I still do them. And I was in Florida not that long ago with a friend of mine, Jordan, and we went to Knott's Berry Farm, which Knott's mm -hmm. Berry Farm is very much coaster focused. Yeah. There's a coaster there. There's a lot of them there. They were like in the process of building one that's going to be like the fastest in America or something, which was Ooh. such a bummer because if we had, if COVID hadn't have happened, Mm -hmm. It would have been built, which would have been fun. But um, there was a drop tower there and he and I went to like youth group together growing up and youth group every summer, they did some sort of like go down to San or not San Diego, but to like one of the six flags, whatever. So we've been mm -hmm. to amusement parks a lot together in our lives. So we were like, we got the plan. You know, we used to be like first ones through the door at 7am and at 5pm when they closed, we wouldn't be like at the gate. We'd be on a ride trying to get in line not back to the gate until like 5 45 kind of thing yeah, they're like kicking yeah. us out this time we thought we had that same plan but by the time like 2 33 came we're both like man i have a headache like, <laughs> are you like do you really want to keep going because like we rode every ride but like we're getting old this kind of hurts our bodies you know like after a while it's like thrashed I don't, about yeah exactly like i don't know if i'm enjoy we both slept very well that night yeah. <laughs> like we just passed out but we did see this drop tower and we're like yeah drop tower you got to do it florida is a very flat place mm. which makes the drop tower like even taller because you go yeah. to like magic mountain um in what city is six flags magic mountain in uh santa clarita santa clarita but it's like right after the grapevine yeah so you're surrounded, surrounded by, by mountains so yeah. the drop tower there it's like you're still next to mountains that are way taller than yeah. you're at or whatever but florida's flat so you can see forever and we both made a mistake we looked and the line to the drop tower was non-existent so we literally just walked on we didn't even watch usually like when you're in line for a ride you watch one go before yeah. you but we didn't even have the chance to do that we just got on and we're thinking just a normal drop tower right I, did i tell you the story already no i think i might have so 
we're, we're going on it, you know, chugging along to the top. If you've been on a drop tower, it slows you down towards the top and it kind of holds you there for, I don't know what feels like a minute, but mm-hmm. it's like probably like 10, 15 10 seconds. seconds. <laughs> yeah. But this one genuinely like 20 seconds passes and we're like, okay, drop. drop oh my drop. gosh. And all of a sudden the little seats were in, they're like, like, uh, like uh car seats basically you know uh-huh, uh-huh. with the it, harness over like you? kind of like swings a little bit like our shoulders are locked because mm-hmm. they're kind of like hanging there but mm-hmm. our butts kind of like swing back a little bit just like an inch or two huh. and i thought that was kind of it just like locking you into place before it drops uh-huh. you know because when we were going up it felt a little wobbly not wobbly but like you're our butts kind of swayed back and forth, but I thought that was kind of the point. Like, you know, Ooh, you know, it's, it feels all loose and then it locks you in and drops you like to be safe. Right. Plus like also, if you've been at the top of a drop tower, that's 350 feet tall or whatever it is, you can like feel the whole thing swaying. Uh. It's, you know, it's terrifying. And so you've been up there for like 25 seconds already, but we feel our butts kind of swing back and then they keep moving backwards. <gasps> and at first I'm just like, what is going on? And it's not until a couple seconds in that I realize this thing drops you parallel to the <gasps> ground. No. So it swings slowly, right, like lifts our butts up so that essentially if you're sitting up straight, your spine is parallel to the cement below you. Like your face is just facing straight towards the ground. You know, you're not usually a drop tower. You're sitting uh-huh, uh-huh. up straight. normally. Yeah. yeah butts yeah. are going down. Feet and butts are going down first. Head is following. Yeah. This is like you're laying on your stomach. And it dropped us like that, which was, so you just see the ground, like usually at a drop tower, you're looking at the horizon, trying not to focus on like how high up you are, you know, when you drop this, you're just looking at the people in line at the pavement below you. And it's coming fast. Very, very, very scary. Especially because we just didn't know that was going to happen. Even if we saw that that was going to happen, we'd probably be like, sweet okay let's try it but like yeah, I had the not no knowing idea yeah until like i didn't know if it was malfunctioning i we were both like what is going on and then i was like okay i think this is supposed to but by the time i could even process that thought it's dropping me and i'm just like <laughs> looking at the pavement racing at my face at you know 100 miles per hour my palms and are then, sweating yeah <laughs> my whole body is i sweating. would Throw Mostly up. because it's very <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> um, no, it was very scary. And then at the end of a trap tower, you know, you get like 50 feet from the ground and they just slow you. It's not like one stop or else yeah. you die, but like yeah. they slow you down when they do that. They like unhinge or whatever, release basically your butts and you like swing <gasps> out. So that part is actually really fun. It was like really, really fun. I did enjoy it. Just was not expecting it at all. And it was very, very terrifying. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Super scary. But I love roller coasters. So it was a blast. And we both, you know, it's one of those things where we left just being like laughing because we were both kind of just like, we both. Wasn't that funny? Yeah. Like we both almost just beat ourselves. We were very, very (laughs) scared for our lives. Like two grown men Mm. walking off together, both having just been traumatized a little bit and very, very fearful. Have you ever um, peed yourself on a ride? No. I haven't either, but I know someone who has. Really? At, from at from Disneyland. fear or from like, um, uncomfortability? It was at Disneyland and it was on Space Mountain and uh, it was at this person's grad night. And so if you've ever um, 
known of or have ever been to a grad night at Disneyland, it is chaotic. It is sure thousands and thousands and thousands of high schoolers and it's late at night and the lines for rides are hours long. Like it is, it is complete chaos and not enjoyable. I mean, I guess if you're in high school, it is, but anyways, um, this person had been in line for Space Mountain probably for three hours and they were getting to the front of the line and realized that they really had to go to the bathroom, but they had been waiting so long that they, they were too close. Like they couldn't, they couldn't do it. So they ended up going on the ride. And as you mentioned, the ride is very fast. (laughs) It is very intense. There's lots of turns. Um, and they ended up going to the bathroom and just were they in the like, front? Were they, was this, um, a, was I mean, this it, a male or a female? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, well, I'm just trying to think of what kind of projection we're looking oh, at. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it was a female. Okay. Yeah, so, so when, when they got back um, to, so, so no, I mean, Mountain, I don't mean, like, to, I don't mean to be crude. But I know, thinking, I know. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're Sorry. inquiring about. Um, so at the end of Space Mountain, you this go through Space this. Mountain? Yes. Sorry, yes. sorry. Space I just I didn't hear that was Space Mountain. So you're it, all indoors you, too. Yeah, you're indoors. You go through this light tunnel right at the end that's yeah. like pitch dark, but then you come out and you're immediately surrounded by everyone who is in line. And like and fluorescent lights. In fluorescent lights, and you get out of the car and they the next person gets right in. So this person gets to the end knows what has just happened and goes goes (laughs) sure goes to stand up um and there's just a puddle filling the seat where they had been sitting and to their left is like a a classmate getting ready to come into the car that they had just been in so uh and everyone behind her was just like i didn't know this was a (laughs) water-based It's a new feature. Put some mist in there. New, uh, new feature yeah. of Space Mountain. So, anyways, it's a good time. Gosh, that is, that is, that is traumatizing. Yeah. Imagine you're some little kid. You're four year old me. You're five year old me. Whatever. Your 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 mom forgets how scary roller coasters can be for little kids. Is just eager to have her kids, you know, get the full experience. Yeah. So she's hey, let's go on Space Mountain. Totally, totally, just like jumps to conclusions skips that train of thought puts her little kid on space mountain you're already petrified and then someone pees on you (laughs) never going on a roller coaster ever again never (laughs) complete trauma Uh, just that will mess you up for life yeah yeah for sure all right well our next question uh kind of alludes to free guy uh which free guy is kind of a video game based movie. We'll talk more about that later. So my question was going to be, what is your favorite video game memory? However, we spent quite a while on that last bit. And also neither Heather and I have ever really played video games. So do you, ha- I don't know if I have one. We can just like yeah. move on. Yeah. I don't I mean, really know if I have one. We had a Nintendo 64 growing up. Um uh-huh. And so we'd play like Mario Kart a lot and stuff like that. But I don't really have any outside of like family memories with playing those games. I don't really have any like significant memories around 
games or video games. Um, when we were on our trip in Oregon, we stopped at a little arcade and I did work really hard to get my uh my name and my score on the yeah. centipede game said right is that the game that i was playing i don't even know um but i did and i made it on the leaderboard so i was super proud of that but i spent most of the hour that we were in there on that on machine that to yeah. do it <laughs> i we really didn't play video games at all um it just never been something that like i was super into I, I mean, my friends played like Battlefront when I was a kid. And the thing about video games is like when you learn them as a kid, you there is like a hand-eye coordination that is just inherent to like being good at those games. Yeah. And it's kind of like a second language. If you don't learn as a kid, as a kid, it's very hard to be to like get good at as mm-hmm. an adult. So, or even as just like an older kid. Mm-hmm. So I'd be in high school or whatever, and my friends like would play battlefront or fifa or something and they'd be like here you know try playing and i just suck at it and that's not very fun i'm a competitive yeah. person so yeah. i was just like well you know i don't like this very much so i i never went out and purchased like anything on my own when i was in college fortnite got super popular so my friends played it and i got a little bit into that just because it felt like it was a cultural moment that i wanted to mm-hmm. see what it was about plus it's like you know free and stuff mm-hmm. but even that it was like just kind of messing around like i've never been super into video games the the memory i was going to share is that when we're i don't remember how old we were whenever the wii first came out yeah my sister really wanted a wii well we all wanted a wii but like my sister really wanted one stephanie did Mm -hmm. she was playing soccer a lot at the time so my parents said if she scored a certain amount of goals in a season or whatever they'd get her a wii and i don't remember if she actually met her or not but for that christmas like we got a wii and Mm -hmm. we played it for a little bit as a family but even then like we ultimately didn't use it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Do you remember when Wii's were like how you watch Netflix? Yeah. Like that's totally. how yes. we, that's what we ended up using it for was just yeah. to watch Netflix on. Yeah, same. Um, which is so interesting. But yeah, not like, not really a video game person at all. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, it seems, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of community in it. Oh, yeah. And I think especially, yeah, nowadays there are lots of options for people and Twitch streaming seems like um, a thing that people mm-hmm. do and enjoy. I think the concept, like the fact that people watch other people playing video games is so interesting to me. Um, and then even that they have like competitions and that they're professional video gamers. It's just amazing. So yeah. I know that it's like a huge a huge it thing. I just haven't bought into that, you know? It is interesting. And it is one of those things where at first, when, when Twitch first became huge, I looked at it and was just like, why? Like, why? Mm-hmm. But then again, I spend a lot of hours just listening to other people talk about movies or yeah. reading other people talk about movies. Yeah. The hope for this podcast is that you like to listen to us talk about movies. Yeah. So it's really not that weird of a thing. Video game culture and video gaming in general is just not just something that I really haven't ever been a part yeah. of. And even like now streaming type games are like all the rage, not streaming, um, but like games where you're playing with other people, like Fortnite yeah. online games, that kind yeah. of thing are like all the rage. But even when I look at like my roommate in college, Nathaniel had like an old um, like Arkham Batman video game and a couple other video games that are really just like, they're just for you. You follow mm-hmm. a whole storyline and it's like, you log in when you need to. It's not online. It's just you save your progress yeah. and try to complete these missions. And that could be I that could be something that I'd be super into, like mm-hmm. trying to complete these challenges. Like I said, I'm competitive, whatever. I just I just never did 
really get into yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. But really cool. A lot of really creative storytellers I know like exist within the video game community. And yeah. Um, I, it was something that I was thinking about when I got out of Free Guy because we, we can revisit this, but I don't know anything about video games. And mm-hmm. yet there's a lot of video game references in Free Guy that I just kind of understood because I don't think that the film community and the video game community are like intrinsically the same, but they're a lot closer than like the video game community and the like bartending community, you know, like just like sure. as far as all things go, movies and video games are like a lot yeah. closer than a yeah. lot of other things. Totally. Um, visual aspects, storytelling. Visual aspects, aspect. storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And so I was thinking about it and I just thought, man, I, I need to have like a, a greater appreciation for mm video game artists and storytellers and a a lot has like while video game adaptations into films are notoriously horrible Mm -hmm. a lot of people who have worked on video games or films have gone to one or the other vice versa and they share a lot of um similarities so Mm -hmm. yeah it's a cool thing yeah but anyway those are our video game memories that aren't real (laughs) memories just not super extensive yeah yeah but (laughs) that's all right we'll get into our reviews and heavy's gonna start off with um start us off with a review of jungle cruise jungle cruise um yes so jungle cruise is the latest adventure film live action film from disney um and like wyatt mentioned is a film based off of the ride at disneyland so um that that concept and that idea is just a lot of fun. And I think gives you a greater appreciation. I don't know, just for the combination of the two, that there was this, this ride, this little ride at Disneyland, and now they've created a whole film out of it is just really fun. So, um, again, as Wyatt kind of already alluded to, it's a story about a riverboat conductor, a skipper, um, who in this movie is paid to take a botanist and her brother on a jungle treasure hunt, uh, is essentially what I would call it. Um, but along the way, just as in the ride, they face a number of obstacles, um, including some magical and supernatural elements, uh, that try to prevent them from success in their overall mission. Um, and overall, this is just a super fun watch. Um, especially if you are a fan of the ride at Disneyland and I'm going to give the movie a seven out of 10. That's my rating for, for a jungle cruise. Um, as far as some of the things that I enjoyed about it, it really does feel authentic to the ride. Um, if you have been on the jungle cruise at Disneyland, you'll know that kind of the signature, I would say the signature piece of the ride is this running list of puns and jokes throughout, throughout the whole thing. Um, and there are some that are, that are on, that are told or that are said every ride, every boat ride, you can always predict or count on super, um, certain jokes, but depending on who your skipper is, they may have created some of their own or throw in, I don't know, just a little spice of their own. So depending on who you have as your skipper, I feel like that kind of makes the ride. But The Rock is the skipper in this movie. And uh, he does, at the beginning of the film, he is taking a group of people on this riverboat tour. And he says a lot of the the puns and jokes from the ride itself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was a great person to kind of capture the feeling of 
the dad joke and the pun, but also like this adventure. So, uh, yeah, I thought he was a good fit for that. Um, in light of saying that if puns and dad jokes are particularly upsetting to you, there are, there are a lot of them (laughs) in this movie. Um, so it could be cringy to you at times, but, uh, it certainly doesn't overshadow the adventure as a whole. And personally, I loved it. I am a big fan of of that. Um, and especially just the nostalgia of, of that element from the ride itself. Um, secondly, it really does have a great cast of characters. I really enjoyed, um, the rock and Emily Blunt and the chemistry that they had together, um, between their characters, they are playful with each other, but they also butt heads and they're both strong willed. Um, but they really just have great relational development throughout the movie. Um, and then I also really loved Emily Blunt's character. Um, Lily Houghton, um, is her name, her brother, um, McGregor Houghton comes with them on this adventure. He's played by Jack Whitehall, um, which I don't know if I have seen him in anything before. He's been in some I know TV he's shows. been in some stuff, but um, yeah, he he is just this unassuming character who does not seem like he belongs on <laughs> this journey with them. Um, but he has uh, just his own personal story of of why he's there and the loyalty that he has to his sister. And, um, I, yeah, it felt very 2021 Disney to incorporate him and his story, um, just feels very inclusive. Um, yeah, which you'll understand if you see that, but, uh, I really enjoyed just the, the different element that he brought to their adventure. A lot of the movie is the three of them. Um, on this adventure. So I really enjoyed him. Um, and then of course, Jesse Plemons is also in this, which if you've listened to a number of our episodes, I think, uh, we have talked about Jesse Plemons and I'm just a big fan of him right now. He plays a, a, a villain, one of the villains of the movie, a German Prince Joachim. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Um, and yeah, he's such an odd character, but I I just he, really enjoy he him. He looks like he's just having an absolute blast. 100%. Yeah. Jesse Plemons has just found this absolute perfect niche for himself in the film world where he's been in enough things that everyone knows his face. Yeah. But he's not really bankable. Uh-huh. He's not bankable in the fact that no one's trying to get him to be the rock. Yeah. No one's trying to get him to be like the cliched character. He can play a slimy scumbag in one show, mm-hmm. a nerd in another, a more nice guy, typical straight man role. Mm-hmm. And then he can play a German kind of Nazi prince in yeah. another movie. Yeah. And he'll still make a lot of money off of it. His name and face is recognizable at this point. Yeah. That he can make money, but he can choose what he wants and still just like, he just looks like he's having a ton of fun. Yeah. And it makes me very happy for him. Yeah. 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 I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then lastly, in my, my pros list, uh, is the soundtrack. It is excellent. And which I would expect from a movie like this from Disney, but, uh, it's composed it by James Newton Howard, yeah, James Newton yeah, Howard, um, who just has quite the extensive resume. It has James Newton Howard written all over it. And that's a huge compliment. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he has been involved with Ryan, the last dragon news of the world, the hunger games, nightcrawler, Maleficent, Batman begins the dark Knight, uh, and literally so many more. He has yeah. been, yeah, it's just incredible what he's been a part of. So, uh, that just runs throughout the whole movie and, uh, just really adds a lot to it. So, um, a great one there. Do you want to add anything on the things that you enjoyed before I moved on to things I didn't love so much about it? Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Jack Whitehall, his character, we actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much, but we knew long in advance that his character was going to be gay. Oh. They had like announced that. It's kind of in this new wave of, um, oh, what's the actor's name uh, who played? Gaston's little sidekick oh, in Beauty Lefou. and the Beast. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Josh. Uh huh. Josh Gad. Um. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Josh yes, Gad. Yes, yes. So Disney has been going. Uh, this isn't a uh, Jungle Cruise as a story isn't an, an existing IP like Beauty and the Beast was, but mm-hmm. they've been going through in all these kind of new films. They've been kind of transforming side characters into mm-hmm. LGBTQ uh, representative characters. Yeah. Which is a good thing but i also knew that him being a kind of uh posh gay yeah. flamboyant flamboyant british man mm-hmm. on this like jungle cruise mm-hmm. was going to play him into a very specific type of role uh-huh. stereotype role and i really wasn't nothing that i, I haven't seen him in a ton but i saw mm-hmm. him in like uh bad education and mother's day and he hasn't been particularly impressive in any mm-hmm. of those and so knowing that his character would really just be there to be like a comic relief because he's just the flamboyant character in a yeah. wilderness adventure. Yeah. I just wasn't looking forward to it. I just figured he wouldn't like ruin the movie, Yeah, but also would just kind of add nothing. It would just be like, oh, that's his character. But he actually was really, really likable. I mm-hmm. enjoyed his character. I enjoyed his growth, both ups and downs of yeah. his development. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a pleasant pleasant surprise Mm -hmm. um overall i think this movie went more it leaned further into the genre than i thought it would as Mm -hmm. far as like uh african adventure Mm -hmm. kind of thing like obviously it obviously is influenced heavily from something like Indiana Jones, something yeah. like Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, also, one of my favorite movies of all time, the John Hughes classic, um, The African Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but all of the, you know, this is more of a family affair. Indiana Jones was literally fighting off like Nazis in his movies and yeah. giant like, uh, like people's faces getting melted off and all mm-hmm, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be like a safer version of all of those things. And it mm-hmm. actually really leaned into the lore. It had mm-hmm. this mythical element to it where there was a point early on where you're like, Oh, this is not existing in the real world. This is mm-hmm. like a mythical kind of, or not myth, mythical, maybe mystic yeah. version of this kind of jungle area. And, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. It kind of went for broke in that direction and mm-hmm. just made it a lot more fun and a lot more, enjoyable in that way and then when you get to the end of the films and you have what happens in these films is they try to lean into this like kid-friendly um sensibilities of like curses and myths and this and that but then they try to play it too straight so when you get to the end and this curse is being lifted or lifted or 
or the spell is being undone, you're kind of like, well, this doesn't feel real because you've tried to convince me that this is straight lace. You've tried to convince me that this is in a world grounded enough to Mm. me, uh, grounded enough for me to relate to, but now you're all of a sudden lifting people's curses. But this movie, it doesn't, it never tries to ground you. There's submarines in African rivers. There's (laughs) uh, Nazi German princes. There's bees that communicate with people there's you know like monsters this that Mm -hmm. uh communicative animals like Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff curses spells miss and so it just feels fun it feels big it feels Mm -hmm. it was a blast i really i i was surprised by how much i enjoyed the movie yeah yeah that's good um on my uh yeah this connects (laughs) my next point as far as things that i didn't love as much. I didn't necessarily not like this aspect of it, but, um, my next point was just that it is not necessarily an original story. It has a lot of inspiration and similarities to many of the films that you just referenced, the the mummy, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, even the concept of like Moana, um, which the rock is also in that you can see similarities there. So, um, yeah, it's not necessarily like the most original thing. However, I do I do agree and feel like the theme of it. And, um, yeah, I think it just went a step beyond what some of those other ones have done. Um, there was a lot of inspiration from the African queen, uh, which came out in 1951 starring Mm. Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. Um, and their characters both heavily influenced the rock and Emily Blunt and their characters. So, yeah, (laughs) that's one of my favorite films of all time. So yeah. I have some comments on yeah. that in a bit, but that'll be more on the cons list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So secondly, a uh, thing that I didn't love as much was the, the villain aspect of the movie. There are a couple villains, I would say, um, in this, but, but I wish I, sometimes I think they were just doing a little too much with the yeah. lore and, just everything that they were trying to accomplish, it felt a little convoluted at times. So I kind of wish that they would have just picked one of them. Like there's this, this German prince and as much as I loved him and would always choose Jesse Plemons, I actually kind of wish they would have gone with the other, um, the conquistadors and that villain route. Um, because I feel like it fit a little bit. They had the problem. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I just feel like that fit a little bit more with the story as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think they spent enough time on either one of them to really, to really make you concerned about either of them. So yeah, that's my only other thought there is that I wish they would have just narrowed in, focused a bit more for the story as a whole. Yeah. They had the problem of many movies that try to set up multiple villains like this, where you get to the end, you get to the mm-hmm. third act, where they're at. It's it's one of those movies where everyone's looking for the same thing. Yeah. You have the one pair you're following. Those are the good guys. But there's also multiple other parties, all of them bad in different ways mm-hmm. that are looking for the same thing. And whenever you get to the same thing, you know that everyone's going to show up at that place mm-hmm. at the same time, but not all at once. And so what happens is instead of feeling like, there's these giant threats. Ooh, like, you know, this raises the stakes. I'm feeling the suspense of this. What happens is you get there. One of the villains shows up, shows up. There's a conflict and you think, 
cool. Can't wait to watch them defeat it. Have a minute of peace and then watch the next villain show up. Cause you know, the next you're just waiting for the next one to get there. And it just elongates that third act where I think it could have been shortened quite a bit Mm -hmm. um, and been like a lot more precise in its execution. Instead, it just kind of drags it on. You're like, all right, they're almost done with these guys, but remember there's still this other party coming. So we have to go through a whole nother sequence of like conflict fight resolution with them. And it just makes it kind of like, all right, let's, you know, yeah, let's get to the point a little bit. We've been bending the whole movie, like trying to get here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, yeah. Just you summed it up. Well, doing a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my thoughts on it. So if you have other thoughts on, uh, things you didn't enjoy or the connection to yeah I think that what happened there two more things that I I I didn't particularly enjoy Mm -hmm. the the visual effects were great at times and Mm -hmm. really really not at others Uh and I think that they didn't know what world they wanted to strike did they want to strike more of an Indiana Jones where it felt like there's these real like the Nazis like whatever those are a real threat you know yeah then there's these ancient conquistador type gods yeah those are a more mystical threat and you have like all these different tones going and what happens is they struck this balance in there that i think thematically and story-wise they ride decently well but visually wise that creates this world that like i said very quickly realized this is not our world this is not planet earth this is not the Mm -hmm. real world but there's some visual effects that are really, really trying to make it seem like this could exist in a real river in Africa. So Mm. there were just elements of visual effects in there that just felt a little bit uncanny, a little bit out of place, a little bit unbaked. And I don't think that they actually were unbaked Mm -hmm. or poorly rendered. I just think that they had no way of developing a visual effect as not real as that inside of this world that they tried to create as feeling very real. So it just felt a little bit awkward at times also my main complaint um and this is something that i've noticed since this movie came up lots of people are, are talking about um all of the rocks filmography in general but mm-hmm. there's just no romantic chemistry bef- between these leads mm-hmm. they have a fun chemistry they have yeah. a very brother sister type chemistry yeah. more so than her and her actual brother do in yeah. the movie but there's there's a romantic story between them in the film. Mm-hmm. They do mm-hmm. fall in love throughout the course of the film, similar to the African queen, but the African queen, you have Humphrey Bogart, you know, and Catherine Hepburn, like two of the most romantic actors and actresses of all time. And Oh my goodness. I cannot sing enough praises of that film, but it's just fantastic. It is a perfect mixture of action, suspense, humor and romance there's palpable romance between those characters mm-hmm. there is a there is a uh a, a a romantic sexual tension between them that you can just feel in this perfect atmosphere of thrilling excitement on this like jungle river adventure mm-hmm. this just doesn't have it they just lack that romantic or sexual chemistry mm-hmm. and that's something that i've seen people read writing about a lot is that plagues all of the rocks filmography is mm. for as attractive of a guy he is like he's yeah. literally he's a handsome yeah. guy not only is he handsome he's just like holy crap this guy is huge <laughs> and muscular like that doesn't necessarily definitely... equate to attractive okay for i guess someone it depends who, on who you are for someone who loves describing guys as hunks 
He is the definition <laughs> I'm of not, a hunk. I'm not saying I'm he's not, not saying he hunk. is. He is literally the hunk. Like they could write a comic book and instead of the Hulk, they just called it the hunk <laughs> and it was the rock on it. His story. <laughs> just his story. It was the hunk. Mm. He is a hunk, but he has very he's not a bad actor. He is good at the roles that he does, but he is not good at acting with other people. Yeah. And yeah. that's been proven to us. He's not good at really working with other people too. We talked about that in the Fast and Furious film um, or in the Fast and Furious review and all that. He is the star and these movies where he needs to split it equally between him and Emily Blunt and there needs to be this palpable back and forth between them. He really falls short and you can hmm. see Emily trying. She really is. There's these glances she gives him, these tones that she gives that you can tell that she's I mean, even maybe as her character is, she's putting out these feelers, really mm-hmm. trying to reach for that chemistry between them. And he just is failing. He's just missing the mark like a typical mm-hmm. guy. Those those markers are just like flying right by his head. Yeah. And I don't know. That's not necessarily their character's arcs in the film. But I think Emily Blunt is really trying to make the script work towards the romantic leaning that it is. And unfortunately for The Rock, he just hasn't figured out how to create that that sort of um mm-hmm. chemistry with mm-hmm. his with his co-leads and it's not necessarily a detriment of the film because i wasn't necessarily i couldn't care less if these two characters um got together or not which is i guess that is an indictment like you should yeah. care yeah but ultimately i saw them more as a a fun back and forth friendship mm-hmm. you know to mm-hmm very opposed personalities that learn to appreciate each other yeah but not at all in a romantic way which is mm-hmm. what the film was going for it just it didn't work out and yeah. and that's very evident in the film so hollywood needs to figure out how and the rock does as well needs to figure mm-hmm. out how to because this is honestly his probably most romantic leaning film as yeah. far as the films that he's starred in yeah um but yeah it just it just didn't work. There's not, there's, there's no romance in the film to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So they, they also just didn't spend a ton of time on it. Like they're, they I really feel like did the, though. That's the thing is you can tell I, that they spent time where they were trying for that. I, and they yeah. just realized that the, the actors, the whatever, it was just not hitting the mark. Yeah. So you can tell that they adjusted it to be like, this is more fun. Hang out, get to know you. Yeah. Time. But in a movie, like they were go watch the African queen and you can see what I'm talking about. They had scenes, you know, where he's drawing or she's drawing and they're talking on the boat. Mm -hmm. They are obviously ripoffs, not trying to indict them, but just Mm -hmm. pulled from get to know you falling in love scenes Mm -hmm. from that movie Mm -hmm. that in that movie are just so you're like, Oh my gosh, kiss each other, please. (laughs) And in this movie, it's just like, okay, you got to know each other, go to bed wake yeah. up the next morning let's see what else is going on like yeah. you know it just it's it just doesn't work i do really think the script tried and i think they had to pivot directions because they realized mm, the chemistry just just wasn't clicking hmm. that's interesting yeah anyway well, yeah all in all it is super fun again especially if you have any sort of attachment or just enjoyment of the jungle cruise ride itself i think i think this movie genuinely feels like the ride so props the to puns, them on that the puns were my favorite part 100 percent. yeah also okay that's one other thing that's kind of a con is when you get on the jungle cruise ride the skippers are yes. funny yes. but they also feel ill-equipped hmm. how so at least in my mind 
when I look at the the men and women who are skippers at Disneyland, yeah, I never look at that person and think if I was actually on a river in the middle of a jungle, that sure. person could protect me. Sure. And I think that's part of the the right. The right is supposed to kind of be like, oh, you signed up for the jungle cruise. Now you're getting on the boat and realizing, ooh, you kind of signed up for the cheap one. Yeah. Maybe you're not as safe as you realize. Maybe this person isn't as, isn't as equipped as you realize. Yeah. But then you look at someone like The Rock and you're like, that person could protect me. I trust you know, them. Like, yeah. I trust that person. With my life. Yeah. Yeah. With my life. They could, they could punch a hippo in the face and, <laughs> you know, like be yes. okay. So I think there's, I get it. And ultimately I like the casting and it works well for the film. Yeah. But there's a charm to the ride of being like, this is like just some 21 year old college dude that is just, he couldn't actually protect us in the river, but that's kind of the fun. It's like, he's in over our, his head. Yeah. We're in over our head now. We're in yeah. this together. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get eaten alive. Yeah. The rock, I think could literally save me in any situation ever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. not, totally. a, not necessarily parallels there, but I mean, ultimately, like I said, I, I, I like the casting in the end and I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jungle Cruise is currently out in theaters and it is also available um, to stream on Disney Plus if you pay a little extra. Premier Access, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, so it's still at that point yet, not yet available to just purely stream, but uh, it is a lot of fun to see in a theater. Go take your family, go take your kids. Um, it it, there are some intense scenes at times. So I would say maybe not like super young kids, but um, upper elementary for sure, I think would be, would really enjoy this. Yeah. Both these films actually, and we're going to move on to free guy right now, but both these films are right along the line of family movies and a little bit above Yeah, jungle cruise has some kind of supernatural scares yeah. in there yeah. that probably will frighten some younger kids. And yeah. free guy is a family film. Is it R? I don't know, actually. I don't think it is, but there's like, there are scenes that I remember specifically that have like significant swearing in it. PG-13. It is PG-13? Mm -hmm. If yeah. it's PG-13, at least from a language perspective, I think it's right like on, on the, the limit. Yeah. Um, and then an action perspective, I guess most of the like violence is implied, mm -hmm. but it is the yeah. world that this movie is based in is based off like a, Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, Auto type of yeah. world, which I've never actually played, but that's known for being just kind of a yeah. world where people can wreak havoc and do very yeah. vile and violent things. Yeah. And while you don't see all of that up close, it is kind of implied. So that also might kind of push it a little bit above the family age mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of limit. Both these movies are, if, yeah, they're just a little bit above kind of that typical family friendly film yeah. age. Yeah. And also, in my eyes, they're both just slightly above that typical family-friendly film rating. I would rate both these films at a six to a six and a half, which is actually really good. Both these films I went into thinking solid four. Mm -hmm. Big production, well-known names, trusted professionals. They'll mm -hmm. make a film. It'll be fine. Whatever. And they both offered me things that I didn't expect them to offer me. That's and great. I really, really enjoyed that. I love so that both these you. films are going to rank at about the same, very different films, yeah. but right at the same level of enjoyment to me. I would easily watch these movies again when with other people, if I mm -hmm. just want to have a good time, they're both funny, exciting, heartfelt at times. 
good all around. So Free Guy is directed by Sean Levy. Sean Levy has been in the industry a while. He has been around for a long time. Um, he did both the Cheaper by the Dozen and the Pink Panther remake oh. um, back in like early 2000s kind mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. um, obviously a partner of, um, of uh, what's his name? Crap, Steve. Oh, uh, uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then he did the Ninth the Museum movies. He did the internship. Um a couple of different films i'm forgetting but he's also been a producer he's just been in the industry a while he's been around a lot he's produced a lot of really high quality things he produced arrival he produced um the spectacular now i believe mm-hmm. uh, and also was one of the main um creators and executive producers directed i think now six episodes of stranger things so he is very familiar to that just it's it that is his range family friendly but a little bit above mm-hmm. like stranger mm-hmm. things great family tv show a little too scary for kids at times mm-hmm. yeah. night the museum great family films a little bit more high concept than just regular kids movies sometimes a little more jokes that are slightly more historical or racy or like whatever at times and this i think just just like really hits his mark mm-hmm. Um, it stars Ryan Reynolds as Guy. He plays an NPC in an open world video game. Once again, guys, I'll remind you, I do not play <laughs> video games at all. These are terms that I know just from being exposed to the video game world in general. But I don't want you to think that I'm talking as if I'm some like expert. expert. But an open world video game is something such as Grand Theft Auto. It's it's online. There are characters that exist to just inhabit the world and those are called npcs or non-playable characters they're the uh people who fill up your gas they're the baristas they're the people just walking along the street that are just programs of the game they're not actual people and then everyone else is real life people logging in online with their little characters and their skins and their whatnot Mm -hmm. to go run around and wreak havoc in the city and it's very much like grand theft auto where basically the whole point is you steal things, you rob banks, you try to get more guns and more cars. And that's, that's the point of the game. It really (laughs) is. And this movie focuses a lot on the possible depravity of interest and a whole culture kind of being obsessed with something like that. Um, But back to the plot, it stars Ryan Reynolds as guy. He plays a non-playable character he's just a bank teller in this open world game called free city Mm -hmm. um one day he has an interaction with a sunglass person a sunglass person is one of the real life people that in the real world have now logged onto this game and are playing as their characters they have sunglasses on because it allows them to see the game as it is it's a game they have different missions and different you know point values depending on what you steal what you do whatever all the non-playable characters they don't. This is just their real life to them. Mm-hmm. He goes, he wakes up, drinks his coffee, goes to the bank, goes home. That's his whole routine every day, whatever. Um, he has his also interaction. That, there's a Mariah Carey song that plays um, yes. every morning when he wakes up. And it has been in my head since I got out of that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, he hears the same songs every day. He has yeah. the same catchphrases. Just like if you were in this video game and you went up to that bank teller guy and you clicked on it or whatever, he would say the same catchphrase every time or like the same three catchphrases every time mm-hmm. because that's what the game has programmed him to do. But he has this interaction with a sunglass person and then eventually 
find some sort of interest in them, even though that's against his programming, finds a pair of sunglasses and slowly kind of unlocks the fact that he lives inside of one of these video games. And there's a whole subplot of stuff going on outside that video game that plays into that. I don't want to give away a ton of spoilers, but essentially he gets to the point where he has to save his world, his video game city world. Um, like I said, I thought this was a really good time. Great cast uh, stars Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, who you guys might know um, from like Killing Eve mm-hmm. um, or I'm trying to think of what else she's been in. That's what I know her most from. Yeah. I don't know what else. She's um, uh, she's coming up in um, The Last Duel, which I saw a preview oh, for yes, yes, at yes, the start Scott's of this, next film which looks November. amazing. Yeah. No, I think October 8th is The Last Duel. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. Um, also, Joe Keery from Stranger Things, Taika Waititi, and my favorite character, and I think Heather's favorite character, Lil Ray Howery, which probably his best role since get out um plays guy's best friend whose name is buddy plays a security guard at the bank he works at and just perfect comedic moments it's just lovely he he tones it down from his roles in like get out where it's just like over the top and has a real dry sense of he never really until the very last moments of film he never really becomes aware of the greater picture like guy does mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of really fun um kind of gags and jokes that come from that uh you're really gonna like this film if you're a gamer i know particularly in my showing there were many many people that seemed to be gamers i'm not trying to judge them but just the way they were talking afterwards about it with their friends the group of people they went to see it with um you know like i was in the bathroom afterwards you know, at my urinal and the like seven other urinals next to me were like this friend group of six guys. And I think they all game together and they're all talking about their different gaming stuff and how like it was like mocked in the movie or, or like represented in the movie or whatever. And they, they absolutely loved it. So though I'm not a part of gaming culture, I just thought, wow, for this friend group, that's so cool. Like I've seen videos of um, like people who have been gaming friends online for years meeting for the first time in real person. And like, I don't understand that type of relationship at all, but like, it looks really, really sweet. There's obviously this camaraderie camaraderie that they have and bond that they have. And I think that the movie, from what I understand of the gaming culture, rides line perfectly of being self-aware and mocking gaming culture to where if you're a gamer and you're watching it, you look at it and you think, (laughs) yeah, I do that. That's dumb, but it's funny but also has an obvious admiration for video games and mm-hmm. that kind of storytelling and could be a really special experience um, in that sense. And it just has a lot of, it just messes with that genre in a lot of ways. Um, I think if you don't know gaming at all, like I said, I don't really know gaming, but I think I'm more familiar with it in general than some people are, then you might not get it. I also walked out of the theater near groups of people that were like families and the kids kind of turned their parents and the parents were like, we did not really understand that <laughs> at all. And so if you really don't know gaming, then there's a chance that most of the jokes will just not really register. And that's okay. Mm. You know, I think that there's stuff to be found uh, in it for everyone anyway. Yeah. But I think that's one of the, the cool things about the movie is it's about, 
you know, gaming culture could be really isolating to someone who doesn't know anything about it. But I think there's there's something to be found in it. There's something to offer from it for anyone. Um, but you know, there is a chance that it's just not really for you if you're not mm-hmm. part of that um, that kind of culture. Uh, there's also just sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I'm very much not a part of gaming culture, uh, and I left feeling like I think I would have appreciated that a lot more if I was. Um, or if I just had more knowledge about gaming culture and games, like I have never in my life played Grand Theft Auto, but maybe you have. And so this will hit differently for you. However, I left, I didn't leave feeling like, oh man, I missed a lot of that Mm -hmm. or like it completely went over my head. So I do don't, if you're not a gaming person, like don't let that prevent you from seeing this. Cause I think it's still totally within reach. Yeah, it still definitely toys with and focuses itself on the gaming world, but it's not so high concept that it's going to leave you in the dust. Totally. It takes its time and it holds your hands enough that if you don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. you will you can piece together like yeah. what's going on. Even if you yeah. don't know what an NPC is, they tell you enough times throughout the yeah. show that, yeah. or throughout the movie that like, he's a character that can't be played, non-playable character. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> um, so I think that it can still be a really good time. I mean, yeah. obviously Heather and I both had like a good time watching mm-hmm. it and neither mm-hmm. one of us are our video game um players to to an extent yeah. Yeah. um just a whole host of celebrities lend their voices to this film and sometimes their faces uh tina fey um channing tatum john krasinski are some that have been featured i don't some of the john um Sorry, Channing Tatum actually does play more of a significant role, mm-hmm. but John Krasinski and, and Tina Fey, I don't even know where they were in the film. I think they just like really small cameos, but that speaks to just a broad appeal of this film is this was worked on by a guy who's been in the industry for 35 years or more, working on a ton of different stuff with a ton of different studios all over. He's been around, um, <laughs> not in a... Not in a weird way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> he he's he's met a lot of people throughout his time, and I think his connections, Sean Levy, I'm talking about the director, his connections as a filmmaker, and just from all accounts, being a filmmaker that people really enjoyed working with, allowed him the opportunity to make this meta game and include just a ton of references. Yeah, there's a fun. lot of celebrities. You'll notice there's a lot of references to huge IPs. I mean, we're talking like the biggest IPs in existence right now get like directly referenced in this film and that makes it a lot of fun because then maybe you're not a video game person but you know what star wars is you know like whatever so you get these fun call not callbacks but uh references References. and easter eggs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. little moments of just kind of meta jokes throughout the film um i mean you're living in a video game world in this movie so anything can happen and that makes it a lot of fun and there's little nuanced jokes throughout it um, that I honestly almost missed in it. And I was glad I caught little glimpses of because it, there, it's less than just straightforward punchline jokes. There are actually nuanced jokes in this film that really do land if you, if you catch them. And um, that's really, that's really impressive for a film like this. So, you know, good for them. So overall, just a really, really fun film. If you're just looking to like go to theaters with friends, have a good time. I would suggest this film. Some things that I didn't particularly like about the film, um, just too many unmemorable aspects of the film. Uh, there, there are things like the score, like the cinematography uh, that in films like this just 
inherently get thrown by the wayside in order to serve more jokes or references or more famous actors or this or that. So I get it. I don't think that anyone who worked on the film would hear me say this and think, what? We were really thinking like the cinematography was our main thing. Like, no, they know what it is. Um, but because of that, it kind of falls stylistically flat. I thought that the the production design of which is not even production design, just the CG design of the video game world when they do put on the glasses and they kind of see the different mm -hmm. options in the world was fairly creative and it gave yeah. it a feeling different than the real world. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's not an animated film. So yeah. when you're watching the characters in the video game, there has to be something that distinguishes that mm -hmm. from the shots that are just happening in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I do do a decent job of kind of separating the two. But besides that, just doesn't, have a particular voice style another thing is i i, I reference this in my review of the hitman's wife bodyguard um i love ryan reynolds i think he's hilarious i think that his personality he's created just mm -hmm. as a celebrity is mm -hmm. genius and it's obviously just put him at this thing where every i don't know one person who doesn't like him it's getting fairly old to me i'm yeah. okay with it yeah. and this this movie actually offers enough other other main characters that I mm -hmm. found quite rich, um, such as Joe Keery and Jodie Comer's character. Mm -hmm. I liked them enough to not find it distracting that he was the only mm -hmm. thing, like his jokes, his style of comedy was like yeah. it. But it's still just enough for me to kind of think throughout the film, like it's just growing a bit old mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then also Taika Waititi plays a character in this film who is like a tech guru tech uh ceo genius and he's kind of the main villain in the film um just kind of a jerk and also like a big man child kind of yeah, thing yeah. his character is meant to be annoying um in like a funny way he's meant to be over the top selfish and this and that mm -hmm. and i love taika everyone mm -hmm. loves taika mm -hmm. but his character just felt flat and if you think like, oh, you didn't like his character because he's kind of a douchebag, he's kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. Guys, this is a man who played Adolf Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> he in a movie that he directed, he played Adolf Hitler and yeah. made him both hateable and hilarious. Yes. Yeah. So he knows how to make a character how to do it. Yeah. that is both you do, you both despise them and they make you laugh constantly. Yeah. I despise this guy, not even because he was that evil, but just because he was annoying Yeah, and not an annoying character in the movie, but annoying for me. Every scene he was in, I understood where things were going and I just kind of wanted them to jump to the end because his delivery didn't do anything with the material to me. Was that just the script he was given? Probably. Do I think it's in a diamond if as an actor? Not necessarily. But it honestly was kind of same as Ryan Gosling was like, ooh, maybe that kind of annoying, oddball, overbearing um, kind of jerk, but also kind of charming Taika Waititi character like Hitler, yeah. <laughs> which is weird to say, but like Hitler, maybe that's growing a little old. Maybe you need yeah. to find, you know, something new, you know, to, to kind of do there. Yeah. Um, but overall, like not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I understood, you know, he understood the assignment and he completed it. Mm -hmm. Was it the, like, was it the most interesting or most engaging to watch? Not in my opinion, but mm -hmm. it served the role fine. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, those are, what, what do you do? Did you have any thoughts on, <laughs> on free guy? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I've said a little bit so far, I think it was fun. Um, I do really like Jodie Comer and, uh, it's fun to see her in a role like this. Like I said, I only know her from killing Eve. Um, and her role is similar (laughs) in a lot of ways, uh, in this movie, part of her role. So, um, yeah, she is just awesome. And I think, uh, offset Ryan Reynolds character really well, um, which I appreciated. So, um, yeah, as far as the soundtrack went, there were a couple of like standout fun songs that they included, um, but nothing particularly like super memorable. Um, it was kind of interesting. I told Wyatt this after I left the theater, um, I went and saw it today. There were people there who were handing out surveys to give feedback on the movie, um, which just feels interesting to be doing that at this point, uh, since it's already released, but, um, yeah, usually that's something that happens before the film comes out (laughs) for pre-screening so they can, if there are major things that people seem to have a problem with, they can make those changes before it hits theaters. Yeah. So asking lots of questions about like, why did you come to see this movie? Is it because it's funny? Is it because of the action? Is it because of romance? Whatever it is. So um, there is all of that in this movie. I think there really is something for everyone. Um, And it's a fun watch. So I think it will be available um, both on HBO Max and on Disney Plus at some point, Um, but it is just in theaters for now. But That's the inside scoop from a inside scoop from me filled out a survey (laughs) Uh, yeah it's you know there are plenty of jokes that fell flat that I watched and thought that either just isn't for me because I'm not a gamer Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. I just don't think that is that funny but there's plenty of jokes that made me genuinely laugh out loud that I didn't expect so yeah that's good a good time yeah anyway guys have you seen these films what did you think of them let us know you can contact us on Instagram or by email. Reach out to us. Let us know what you thought. But as always, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All righty. All righty, folks. Forest family fun. Fun family free guy Friday. That'd be so. Anyway.